that inclusions and fissures within an emerald are sometimes described as jardin, which is the French term for garden because of their mossy appearance. Jardin. Jardin. Isn't that what it is? Jardin. No, there's no O. J-A-R-D-I-N. We should ask. Jardin. I don't know. No. <laughs> that was like... <laughs> That was terrible. That was worse than anything I said last week. <laughs> that would be Spanish, not French. Huh? Yardin. Yardin. No, that that. <laughs> you just this like is took a it. Irish person. <laughs> You're incorporating like Albanian, Irish, some sort of Slavic something in there. Yardin. Yardin. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we probably got that. Focus. All right, we're back. We're back. This is Brecken and Jonathan from Gem Junkies, and we are recuperating from our week in Vegas. It was uh, it was busy. Busy. So we just got back from the Luxury and JCK show, which is probably the largest gem and jewelry show in the United States. Yeah. The only, and I think it's like the second largest in the world. First is Hong Kong. Behind the September Hong Kong show. Yeah. What about Basel? Basel. Mm. Basel. 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 I don't think Basel's nearly as big. Yeah. Yeah. It's big for watches. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back. What was your favorite thing about Vegas? The food. That's what I'm going to say. The the food. food. The food was good. What was your least favorite thing about Vegas? Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> but I gambled and I won money. How that much? never happens. What I won $150 on roulette, the number 32. Number 32. It must be it's my your, lucky number. Your new, your new lucky number. Right. So a friend didn't want to gamble alone. I got serious anxiety gambling. He gave me 100 bucks and he's like, here, just come stand at the table with me. So I went and I stood at the table with him. And I, I was only playing... Even or odd, which I won on the first one on odd. But then he said, no, no, let's have some more fun. So then I started doing it on the, on the numbers. And then you, you put it like on the corner of the numbers and then on the number. And so when I won on 32, I was down to my last $20 and I put it on the number 32 and then on all four Four corners corners. and I won like 250 bucks. So I gave him back his. 100. 100, and I kept the 150. And no then I, shared earnings. And then I no shared earnings. No, no. <laughs> and I walked away from the table. I was like, I'm done. He actually told you to walk away. Yeah, he said, we're done. And I said, I agree. Let's go. <laughs> and he won 75? Yeah. yeah. But we bought something, too, while we were in, in Vegas. Yes, we did. We bought a fancy machine. A fancy machine that tests for synthetic diamonds. Right. That was the big... The big parlay purchase. The big parlay purchase was a a machine, a fancy machine that can tell the difference between synthetic and natural diamonds and do 36 pieces at a time and super fancy. Yep, because we have a a lot of customers that are requesting that we do that and it's kind of the nature of the business now with influx of synthetic diamonds on the market and it's just a way to make sure that what we're selling is what we say it is. Yeah. $25,000 $25,000 later. So <laughs> last week seems like it's so far ago, long ago. It does. Ruby seems like it was decades ago. So 
Any follow-up from Ruby? Oh, he's staring at me because I have to make a correction. <laughs> well, you made fun of me when I had to make my first correction, so, so I bring it on. Oh, okay, I believe when I spoke about lattice-diffused rubies, I said the chemical they used was boron, which it's not boron, it's beryllium. Correct. That gives it its kind of orangey, cinnamony color. But I didn't. I didn't tell you you were wrong. At the I time, I so. realized I was wrong about an hour after we recorded. It sounded wrong, but I just couldn't. It yeah, wasn't. I knew it started with a B. Yeah. You know, B's my B. Brecken. Yeah. <laughs> B's my B. B's my jam. Well, today is kind of B, as well. B for barrel. Oh. Okay, we're going down that road. Yes, B for barrel. We're talking about emerald today. Yeah, we figure we'll uh, make a continuation from Ruby, and we'll talk about the big three, Ruby, Emerald, Sapphire. So to this week will be Emerald, and next week will be Sapphire. So what do you mean by beryl, Jonathan? Well, beryl is a mineral composed of beryllium aluminum psychosilicate. Oh, geez. Say okay. that ten times fast. Uh-huh. Uh, and so is there's a lot of different kinds of beryl. So when it's green, it's emerald. When it's blue, it's aqua. When it's pink, it's morganite. So there's a lot Wait, of... you forgot my favorite one. Which one? When it's Heliodor. yellow. Heliodor. I just like the name. Heliodor. Yeah. That's... that's but For Heliodor, the Greek god Helos. Yeah. So, but, god of the sun. But Heliodor is more of a yellowish green. No. Yellow. Golden barrel. Golden. There's golden barrel and there's Heliodor. Oh, jeez. There's too many barrels. <laughs> Anyway, so emerald. Uh, so so emerald is the variety of barrel that's colored by chromium, vanadium, or iron to give it its green color. And it's a green to greenish blue. Now, there is a green barrel as well. Yeah, when the color isn't, where the color and tone aren't. Yeah, it's too yeah. light to be considered emerald. And the interesting thing is, is that only in the U.S. is it even considered emerald when it's colored by vanadium, because in Great Britain and in Europe, it has to be chromium. It has to be chromium, or otherwise chromium they don't or consider best. it. They don't consider it emerald. Chromium is, is a crazy element, isn't it? It gives emerald its green. It gives ruby its red. When you're talking about emerald, emerald looks very different than aqua, just in terms of like number of inclusions and fractures. So aquas are generally eye clean. And if it's not eye clean, there's a problem, right? Emeralds, they don't have to be eye clean. Those things are full of fractures, inclusions, and it's just the growing conditions. Yes. Yeah. So what they do a lot to help, I would, would you say hide? I would say hide the fractures. Make them less noticeable. Make them less noticeable. And they've been doing it for hundreds of years, is filling it with an oil, typically like a cedar cedarwood oil. Yeah. So originally it was a natural oil, and now they use more synthetic oils because they don't dry out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas your natural oils will, will dry out over time, where your synthetic oils won't. Uh, also, there's they'll use a synthetic oil with a bit of a hardener to it. Um, Opticon. It's a it's well, a resin. Yeah. yeah, it's a resin. So it's a hardener. Opticon's just one choice. There's yeah. lots of choices. So they use a hardener, which helps make it 
hard and so it won't dry out so you don't have to re-oil emeralds, which was the problem in the past. Right. It would just kind of leach out. Yeah, it would leach out and also it would dry out and you'd get kind of those brown. brown. It, would, it would kind of dry a brown color and so not but very the, pretty. The point of putting like an oil or a resin is, is it also needs to be close to the refractive index of the emerald so light can just kind of pass through it like it does with the stone. Right. Otherwise, it would be noticeable. Another thing I thought was interesting was just recently, uh, we're members of AGTA, which is the American Gem Trade Association. There we go. I got it out. Um, and just recently, they dif- they used to differentiate between oil and resin, right? Yeah. They used to differentiate between natural oils, which have been done for hundreds of years, and resins. But now everything, it's just filled. It's just, yeah. Because the, because the mixture, because there's, you know, at what percentage of this and synthetic versus natural versus it's just got too complicated. Right. And most of your emeralds are yeah. filled. They're all Like filled. there's, I mean, there's very few out there on the yeah. market. Some, there's some coming from Ethiopia, some coming from Colombia, Colombia. some coming from Brazil, a little bit from everywhere, but very few and far between. Yeah. And when you fill it with a resin, it actually helps the durability as well because those fractures, right? Cause with the hardener, with the hardener. Yeah. Yeah. Because those fractures, it's a, it's a hard stone. It's seven and a half to eight on the most scale. Yeah. So seven and a half to eight on the most scale, but it's not really a problem with hardness. It's a problem, problem with durability because, because of, the, of fractures the fractures in the gemstone. And so there's, there's very few emeralds that don't have some surface reaching fractures. Mm-hmm. And that's why you can oil them is because they reach the surface and, but the main thing that we look for when we look for emerald is ones that don't reach the surface of the table, since right. that's your most likely spot for the emerald to get hit. hit. So therefore, we we don't buy any emeralds that have. Yeah, the table being the top of the gemstone, we don't like to see any fractures coming up to that the top of the gemstone. Yeah, coming through the surface of the gemstone. I think one of the coolest things, though, going back to beryl, its host, its 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 main you know mineral behind emerald mm-hmm. is that. In the 13th century Italy, <laughs> the lens, the first eyeglasses were made of beryl um, because glass at that point in time couldn't be made clear enough. And therefore, glasses were named Brillen in German and Brill in Dutch and Berlin in Danish after beryl. Mm. So I think that's pretty interesting that eyeglasses were originally made from beryl crystals. Yeah. You really wanted to tell that story. It's a good story. It's interesting. It is interesting. As you're wearing glasses. As I am wearing glasses today. Hopefully it'll make me smarter. Maybe it'll project through the microphone and I'll sound more intelligent because I'm wearing my glasses today. You were wondering why it had that smargadus was where emeralds were originally mined was on Mount Smargadus. And that's why. But it means green? But... Okay, so here's the thing we're not understanding, and I've never understood this since my days at GIA. The name for emerald comes from the Greek word for green, which we can barely say, smargardus, smargardus. It's S-M-A-R-A-G-D-U-S. But that doesn't sound anything like emerald. So how did they get emerald from smargardus? I don't know. I don't know. But you said it's the mountain where it was mined? Yeah. So it's the, the Egyptian location was on Mount Smeragdus. 
Oh my god. Smaragdus. Smaragdus? Smaragdus. All right. This is going to be another episode of Brecken trying to pronounce words. <laughs> Smaragdus. Smaragdus is Greek for green, but and that's where emerald got its name, but I'm not getting emerald out of that. Those Greeks. Green gem. It just means green gem. It means green gem. Smaragdus. Still, but how do you get emerald from Smaragdus? I have an interesting a tidbit about emerald. Do you want to hear it? I would love to hear it. Bring it on. If you ever want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, today, put a piece of emerald under your tongue. Under your tongue? Yes, because it was believed in ancient times that you could see the future by putting a piece of emerald under your tongue. So, hmm. take that and chew on it. But don't chew don't on it. Don't on choke it. on the emerald. <laughs> Or, or fracture your teeth. Or fracture your teeth. Because it's hard harder than... We're going back to the teeth thing. Back to the teeth. Um, it Emerald was also believed to reveal truth. And if you ever thought a lover's oath might not be true, you just have to put an emerald on them. And then you would know. You would just know if they were lying about their love for you or telling the truth. Yeah. Is that why you gave me an emerald when we first started dating? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But it also thought, they thought it could cure cholera and malaria. (laughs) This is something I find very interesting about ancients, that a gemstone could just all of a sudden cure cholera. But, you know, when you don't have antibiotics, you're grasping at straws, right? Cholera. Let's wear an emerald. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Grasping at rocks. Uh, It's also supposed to protect against evil spells. Evil spells. Just in case. You're worried about that okay. in this day and age. Spells. Evil spells, yes. Okay. It's also the traditional birthstone for May. Well, yeah, but we know how, <laughs> you know how I feel about birthstones. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so when were the first emeralds found, Jonathan? Do you know? Long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was, they think it was about 3500 BC by the Egyptians. And But they know for sure that the Egyptians were mining it about 300 B.C. And their mines were open from about 300 B.C. to 1700 A.D. In Egypt. In Egypt. So you always hear about Cleopatra and her emeralds. She girl loved emeralds. girl loved emeralds. Every time I think of emeralds, I think of Elizabeth Taylor as Cleopatra. Because she wore a ton of emeralds in that movie. And Elizabeth Taylor loved emeralds, too. So there you go, hand in hand. Who else mined the Egyptian mines other than... Probably the Romans. The Romans, <laughs> the Byzantine empires, and later Islamic conquerors. Oh, there you go. Yep. But they also, the Romans had found emeralds in the some somewhere in the European Alps or something as well. But the main source was Egypt until the Spanish conquistadors... Came over to South America. Boom, Colombia. Yeah, landed on a little place called Colombia, and that's where your best emeralds come from. And still to this day, probably more than half of all of your production is coming out of Colombia. Colombia. They're Colombian. They're Colombian. Jonathan and I, so we primarily buy Brazilian emerald, um, but we got into a little Colombian very briefly 
And the guy who sold us was like, but they're Colombian. And he said, that's how you need to sell them. They're Colombian. The Colombians are very proud of their emeralds, as yeah. they should be. They're beautiful. Beautiful emeralds. And not just one place in Colombia. They have it. They have three main mining districts that all have emerald. Mm-hmm. So we talk, So I guess the, the main sources of emerald on the market today would be, number one, Colombia, Brazil, Zambia, and now Ethiopia. Yeah, Ethiopian emerald is something very new. And so it's going to be hard to know whether it's going to be a major supplier of emerald into the future or if it's just a little flash in the pan. We bought some. We well, we bought. We just recently bought some Ethiopian emeralds. Yeah, so. the, the interesting thing is about uh, thirty to forty percent of the Ethiopian material doesn't need oil. So Colombia, the number one source. Colombia. The number one source of emerald at this point, constituting somewhere between fifty and ninety-five percent of the world's production. Did you know? Depending on the year. Just speaking production terms, that between Japan and the U.S., we account for all. of emerald sales, U.S. and Japan. I guess no one else likes that as much as we do. No one else likes green. We love green. We love green. Yeah, we love green here. Actually, I think everyone else likes green too, but U.S. market in jewelry is strong. That's true. The U.S., I think, probably consumes more than half of the world's... Everything. Everything for jewelry. So (laughs) It's also... We got the the money. (laughs) And so the three main mining areas in Colombia, Muzo, obviously number one, Cosquez, and Shibor. The Muzo mines are the best, right? Yeah, Muzo is definitely the most well-known. So something that comes really cool out of Colombia is Trapiche. Oh, yeah, Trapiche emeralds. Yeah, you got to love the Trapiche. So... We need to describe what that is. So it's a cabochon emerald, and cabochon is it's kind of like how they cut an opal. They just dome the top. They just round the top. And it has a star-like inclusion. It's got rays radiating from a center point. Or like a wagon wheel. Like a wagon. Yeah, exactly. Like a, there you go, Jonathan. You summed it up. A wagon wheel. And it's due to the gross structure. So it's like this black wagon wheel inclusion on this green stone. Very, Very cool. beautiful. Emerald also has my favorite inclusion. Do you know what my favorite inclusion is? Is it a three-phase? Yeah, you probably guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was obsessed with looking for three-phase inclusions when we were at GIA. A three-phase inclusion is uh, an inclusion in a gemstone that contains a crystal, a gas, and a liquid. So when you look at it under a microscope... You can see a little square of a crystal, a gas bubble, and then liquid. And then sometimes if you rock and tilt the gemstone, you can see them all move around in there. It, it's super cool. Very cool. So I think inclusions, we should talk about inclusions in emeralds because they're very acceptable. Right. I mean, you're probably not going to find an emerald that doesn't have some type of inclusion. If you do, it's probably going to be millions of dollars. We would be remiss not to talk about the emerald cut. Ah, yes. The traditional emerald cut, which is a rectangle with cut corners. And they cut the corners to aid in durability of the gemstone. Yeah, that helps from them chipping. And it also, they cut most of your emeralds that shape due to the crystal structure of the stone, which is a six-sided prism. So it grows up in this six-sided, kind of tall, skinny prism, 
and then they it lends itself more towards that rectangular shape with the notched corners for durability and it's beautiful in whatever gemstone you cut it into i'm loving it in sapphire lately i don't know why yeah i think it's got a good vintage look it has a vintage look but also it can be masculine yeah vintagey masculine so when we redo your sapphire ring we might do an do an emerald cut sapphire emerald cut yeah that's kind of where i was going with that so we have to find one Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyone wants a princess, anyone wants a princess, let us know, because I guess this one's for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Emeralds have durability issues. We cover that because of fractures. So they're typically not found in alluvial deposits. Alluvial deposits are when they're eroded, 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 eroded from the source, the primary source, and transported somewhere, usually via river or whatever. They would get tumbled and broken up too much to be found along the river. So they're typically found in alluvial sources, which is where they're still kind of eroded, but not transported. So they're still close to the primary source. So most emeralds come from their primary source. They're found in their primary close source. To close their to their primary source. And they can either be pit mine, which we saw at Belmont in Brazil. Right. Or they can be shaft mining. Which I think is more common for Which Emerald is terrifying. Mine. Very terrifying. Especially when the wench operator is drunk. On Kachasa. And missing a foot. You don't want to go down his mine. So basically, we went to this mine somewhere in the jungle of Brazil. And it was a locally operated mine. It, it wasn't a, a majorly, it wasn't funded or a major mine. And to go down the mine, which I did a hard pass on, not so going to happen. Jo- even Jonathan, I said, no, big. we don't have kids yet, but I no. don't want to have a leg ripped off. <laughs> yeah. They put a hard hat on you and you hold on to a rope and they lower you down a hole that's probably a few hundred feet a few hundred feet down. So if you slip off the rope or let go of the rope, you're done. You're done. You're done. And well, then they have like a little harness. Right. So down you've got the center shaft down and then you've got tunnels that go off that center shaft, differing depths and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and some of them are really long and so they use like a rail system underground. But these rail Like carts, mining carts. Yeah, but they're really, really small. And they said that I was so big that if my leg was to poke out at all, it could <laughs> rip my leg off. Because I guess the rail cars move at some speed. Yeah. And so... Jonathan's 6'4", by the way. You can't see him, but he is extremely tall. I think I was even too tall for it. I'm not... I'm No. Yeah. It wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. So we did not go down the we Emerald We had a bunch of friends shaft. that did go down the Emerald Shaft. Smaller. They all came, They were much smaller than us. But they all came back safely. They all came back safely and said it was amazing and wonderful. But, I, you know, my fear of death. Small, dark places. Small, dark places. <laughs> and heights. Yes. So... Jonathan and I did have a chance, though, to gallivant across Brazil and, and visit some emerald mines. Well, the Belmont mine was super cool, mm-hmm. super high-tech. Remember they had that conveyor belt system that was originally built for coffee beans? Oh, yeah. That it used uh, a camera system to identify the right color for emerald crystals. 
and, and it would, then like, it blow blasted it with with air and and it was like originally kick them off the the conveyor belt into certain buckets yeah. depending on their color, which was super cool and was originally created for coffee beans to get rid of the bad coffee mm-hmm. beans from the good coffee beans. But I thought that was really a cool automated system for. Brazil is also really good at reclaiming areas that were mined. Yeah. So you, they have a huge um, reclamation reclamation program. program. And, and it's it's required by law that if you mine, the land must be reclaimed within a certain number of years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Uh, one of the things that I, I've i noticed and you kind of see in the material coming out now is that a lot of your African emeralds have a lot fewer fractures than like your Colombian or your Brazilian. Yeah, they tend to be a bit cleaner, but they also also tend to not be as deep and rich of a green Mm -hmm. because they're colored more by vanadium rather than the chromium from. Right. And so it's also that little trickster iron comes into play too, because if you have too much iron in the stone, it'll kind of downplay the brilliant green color. Right. It doesn't have that, that bright glow to it. Damn you iron. Yeah. Iron ruins. Iron is in everything too. It's true. Iron and chromium and vanadium. I mean, what are you going to do? You got them all. You got to live with them. Yeah. So you can grow synthetic emerald. In your garage. In hydrothermal (laughs) and flux growth synthetics. Well, so the first marketable emerald synthetic was grown by a gentleman named Carol Chatham in his garage when he was in high school in 1935. Yep. Think about your high school kid in your garage blowing it up. Because he was. He was. He was dealing with extremely high temperatures. Lithium. It was a flammable and dangerous process. Please do not grow emerald in your garage. It is very dangerous. You have to get it to very high temperatures. So what they do is they take some form of all of the elements that make up an emerald, like your beryllium, aluminum, silicon, chromium, oxygen, and put that into a molten flux in a metal crucible, heat it up, and then the crystal grows. And it's, to the trained eye, very easy to spot the differences between a synthetic emerald versus a natural emerald. Trained eye under magnification, of course. Uh, you can see a lot of times they use platinum crucibles to grow the emerald in, so you can see platinum inclusions in there. They have a different growth pattern. It's like a chevron growth pattern, which you can see. And they just straight up look too good. And they look too good to be emerald. Yeah, no yeah. emerald looks that the good. Color, the color's too perfect. They're too the, clean. Yeah, they're, they're too clean. Too... The color's too perfect. It It is. But um, I always, I think of that as like an interesting, like, American-made synthetic by some high schooler in their garage. Yeah. I mean, and it's still on the market today. Chatham is a company that's still out there selling beautiful synthetic emeralds. And other. And other things. (laughs) All other. Color gemstones. Yeah. And and diamonds. And diamonds. So. All right. That wraps up emerald as I take my glasses off dramatically. That wraps up our Emerald program. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at gemjunkies at parlaygems.com. Uh, you can also follow us and subscribe 
and and leave five stars. Otherwise, my mother will be devastated. You can follow us to see what we do in our daily lives at Parlay Gems on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We post some very pretty pictures. Uh, you can also leave reviews on SoundCloud and iTunes if you like our podcast. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. Jonathan, you got it. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your 20, 25 minutes. Thank you. Goodbye. I hope you had a great drive to work. Love you guys. Best thing about Vegas, Michael Jackson won. Michael Jackson won was amazing. Worst thing about Vegas. 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 <laughs>